then what I'll do is let's say that it's social media management. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you start with a basic line item. What I like to do is say, you know, if I'm outlining this service, I'll say, you know, do social media management for Facebook for client work includes. And inside of that, I might say five posts per month. Um, I might say um, a maximum of 20 hours to kind of put some limitations on it. Um, maybe I'll say there's some imagery included with this stock photography site, um, something like that. And then I could have an upsell inside of that line item. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelak, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Joe. Joe, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Awesome. So give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you do for business. Yeah, my uh, my current venture, I, I, I'm the CEO of Smart Pricing Table. Um, we're interactive proposal software for B2B companies. Very cool. So how did you get into that? Well, I, you know, there's probably not a lot of people that would say that they love writing proposals or thinking <laughs> through them. I'm, I'm on that list. Um, I had, I had a web design agency for about 12 years and uh, we originally created the software smart pricing table uh, to solve our own needs. Um, lo lots of story there, but that's the big idea. Nice. I love it. So yeah, tell me that story. How did you get into that? What was the birth of this? <laughs> Well, I think, I think a lot of it was, you know, I, I, as a web design agency, we had to create a lot of website proposals and uh, proposals for websites are intrinsically complicated. There's a <laughs> lot of things that can go wrong. And I was using one of the big box provider uh, solutions um, and just didn't like that. You know, what, what typically changed for us was our, our services and then our prices. And I didn't have a quick way to build a scope of work. Um, and so we set out to create something simple. We thought that we'd integrate it with the software we're using. And uh, long story short, we just didn't stop. <laughs> um, uh, so really kind of, kind of stumbled into it, but absolutely loved uh, some of the lessons I learned. Nice. Well, I love that because it is really hard to do proposals for things, especially service providing, especially when it comes to scope of work, especially when it comes to web development, because a lot of entrepreneurs just don't know what they're asking for when they say, I just need a landing page. Right. It's like, no, no, you don't. Right. <laughs> so right. talk to me about more about that, about the complexities of what it really takes to be able to, you know, when somebody says, I just need a landing page, what kind of things transpire out of that? And I'm sure all of our listeners that are in service industries can relate to that, but just give us some idea. Well, a landing page, Michelle, can be super easy. It can be massively complex. <laughs> and I think the reason why I get so excited about, you know, uh, figuring out your proposal process is because how I define these components can determine whether I enjoy my business or I absolutely hate it, right? <laughs> So for example, like a landing page, does it include A-B testing? Um, is there a video? Um, is there, um, you know, can I have, how many how many re uh, revisions do I get to have with it? Uh, what's the turnaround time? And a lot of times uh, folks who would sell a service like that or similar ones, they don't spell it out enough so that they have handles to grab onto. And so they're kind of just, you know, subject to whatever their customer wants. Um, lest they, they're a jerk and arbitrarily cut it off. So <laughs> kind of a glimpse of, of one of the, the key components there. Well, yeah. So when, when it comes to your software, you say it, 
it it's kind of morphed in i take it on a life of its own and it's continually being created what kind of aspects are kind of the highlights of it what do you love about the software well the cornerstone would be productizing your offering so yeah. a lot a lot of businesses michelle what they'll do is and i'm sure you've felt this yourself you, you grab a, a a service outline from this proposal you search through your email, get this, you know, PDF up and, and you just kind of Frankenstein everything together. Well, the idea of productizing is kind of like I was saying, think through that landing page design. Um, it's go through each of your services and create robust, reusable line items that can be configured by your prospect. And then all of a sudden creating a proposal, it's not this fuzzy, ambiguous, writer block, frustrated session, but then you're just taking um, puzzle pieces or, or building blocks, putting them together, and then configuring them as you need for your prospect. Uh, that's that's the big um, emphasis behind Smart Pricing Table. Nice. I love it. So let's kind of back up the bus a little bit, because I know a lot of entrepreneurs have a real issue kind of productizing their services. So do you help them to kind of map that out and figure out what is it that you really offer? Because offering somebody a landing page that just seriously needs a, you know, slap it together. Here's some stuff that's good enough to, you know, what could be a $40,000 landing page. <laughs> There's a huge difference between those two. So how, how does somebody start to productize their services? Well, we're, we're kind of unique as a SaaS product. Uh, we actually do provide a bit of um, a training when the, the, the customer comes on board. We'll usually do like an hour uh, kickoff call and we can get into some of those finer details. Um, but I think that um, I, I missed the question, Michelle. I, I got on a tangent there. Um, I, don't, I, I think I've done this like twice in 20, 25 guests. I'm sorry. The, the question was- well, how, is, how does somebody productize? So, so you have a SaaS system that they can plug and play into it, but if they don't kind of have the components to plug into it, they sit there and they don't use it. So do you help them to be able to productize what they're offering? Yeah, we definitely can help people think through it. Um, mm -hmm. I also have some fun uh, webinar resources that I sometimes will share with uh, new customers, yeah. um, but it's really, it's just... I feel like with productizing, it's slowing down enough to ask some critical questions. And then what I'll do is let's say that it's social media management. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you start with a basic line item. What I like to do is say, you know, if I'm outlining this service, I'll say, you know, do social media management for Facebook for client work includes. And inside of that, I might say five posts per month. Um, I might say um, a maximum of 20 hours to kind of put some limitations on it. Um, maybe I'll say there's some imagery included with this stock photography site, um, something like that. And then I could have an upsell inside of that line item um, so that they can add additional blog posts okay, or sorry, additional social media posts. So they click on that and they can uh, uh, adjust those. So it's really just thinking through like, what's the break it down into the smaller pieces um, when I say social media management, that I'm going to do that for a prospect, what do I actually mean, right? So break it down, think about any limitations um, so that it can't go crazy, and then think of upsells. And that, this is where, not to toot our own horn, but Smart Pricing Table really stands apart because you can, you can have configurations on the line item level, like additional posts. 
Nice. Because I know, especially with a lot of, I guess, I don't want to say new people, but it could be a new salesperson that just doesn't understand kind of how, how scope creep can happen so easily with the product to be able to see that and to see that there's already things itemized and outlined there that they go, Oh, Hey, I didn't know we should be doing that. I I mean, this, this would have been invaluable to me as, as a, as a, a tech company being able to figure out what is it that somebody needs and what categories do they belong into because you're not only looking at kind of what the value of the company is, but you're looking at the complexity of the business and what it is that they're asking you to do. Yeah. And and for a lot of people, Michelle, when they do this for the first time, it's actually really rewarding because they've never actually broken it down. I like this. Uh, there's a saying I love, um, if there's a mist in the pulpit, there's a fog in the congregation. And th- the point is, is if you don't know what you're selling, if you don't have clarity on that, I promise you, your customer has no freaking clue. Even if you're clear, they're still going to have a lot of questions, right? Right. And how many times has somebody said something and said, no, we itemized this, that, and the other thing. And then the client goes, well, you never said that. Right. (laughs) I know I did. I say it every time. I like, what? Yeah. But to have it on a piece of paper and to go, okay, here's where it is. This is what you've signed. Yeah. It, it just, it adds that level of clarity because of course, business owners are business owners and there's, they're busy doing the thing that they've got to get done. You know, remembering what you said in that appointment, they're probably hearing what they wanted to hear right. <laughs> or what they needed right. to hear in order to move forward. So, and, and, it's, and it's not their world. They're right? just not thinking about this all day like you are. Exactly. I think it's important to understand that kind of, that empathy. And I know that right now it's super trendy for a g- good reason that you have to productize your services. People need to know what it is that they're buying and to what extent that kind of contributes to it. So obviously this becomes kind of a valuable investment in their in their business, but to your experience, how valuable is this that somebody has this kind of system in their business? There's a lot of benefits that kind of play out as you start to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these come down to time saving, money savings. You know, one of the biggest benefits is the ability to act, to outsource your sales or proposal writing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I, maybe you have a really technical product and you think I could never have a salesperson that, you know, tend, they tend to be not very technical, right? They're, they're people, uh, people. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and so there's a concern there. Well, as soon as you start to productize, and maybe you create a template with a bunch of different line items in it. Well, they can maybe, maybe they tweak a little bit, but they're not having to come up with the base parameters, which is where all the risk is. Right. Then they send it to you um, and you just approve it. Whoever's the decision maker approves it, but you still save tons of time. So that's a really big one. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I'm a really big advocate of, Michelle, is continuous improvement when it comes to building your proposal system. Okay, so grabbing proposals from emails, um, starting from scratch, that's not a system. (laughs) Think of your proposal system as a collection of templates and line items. Okay, and and until you have an actual repository system, you can't make it better. So, you know, here's a really good example. Let's say you're doing the landing page. Uh, We go back to the landing page example and you made $15 an hour as an agency or a business, right? Well, if you have a system, you can go to it. Go to that line item in the library. Go to that template and ask the question, where, where did this happen? 
what was the thing that made it just fly to the the moon with scope creep fix it and you're always improving and making it a lot better i love it well and i think to me the most valuable reason that you would have something like this in place is because of of that exact reason that in the end it becomes a $15 an hour thing when you're paying somebody potentially $50 an hour to do it. And that's, you know, you can't run a business that way. You can't over sell to compensate for that. It, it comes back to, there has to be a system in place. It has to be an effective system in place. And if you don't have one, then this can be your solution to that because it just it chops it down into little pieces for you that you already know what somebody's going to be looking for when they're when they're looking for this particular service. Right. And another another huge one, Michelle, is you talk about return. Like why invest in creating a setup like this? Another mm -hmm. one is um upsells. Um my uh previous business, I actually saw our average price go up by about 40% after we started productizing. And part of it is because you know if if it's you know, six o'clock at night and I'm trying to finish a proposal. My family's downstairs. I'm late for dinner. I just want to get the frigging thing out the door. Okay. But if I have line items that I can add really quickly, I might include some upsells that I wouldn't normally have done for lack of time. So for instance, maybe I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I, I used to be a web design agency owner. So I'm making a website proposal and I've got five minutes before I need to send it out, but I, I have a little section called additional items for consideration. And I put in there competitive audit, um, I website backup, you know, all, all these like two or three different things in there. And because I can add them so quickly from a library, mm -hmm. all of a sudden um, I have more potential money that I'm getting off the table. Absolutely. So once upon a time, there's kind of the triplicate of choice when it came to proposals. Do you still do that? Is there a better way to do it? Tell me what that looks like for you guys. You mean by that, like packages? like Yeah, like you can have small, medium, and large or. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they can still make sense depending on the business. Uh, you know, one of the challenges is what, what if someone's in between? Mm -hmm. uh, what if you've got a 2,000 a month package, a 5,000 a month package, and they've got a $3,000 budget? Well, you you scared them with a 5k commitment and you're leaving money on the table with a 2k. And so one idea with the package setup is you could have multiple line items for each package, but then you can configure uh, those packages with upsell opportunities and enrich them. Um, and then you may find that your prospects, you know, they can get to that 3k or that 3,500, even though 5k was still completely out of the question. Um, nice. I love it. So when it comes to your clientele, who is your ideal client or is this kind is it a great fit for any business that does proposals? Our, our biggest um, customer base comes from, uh, I'd say, marketing related agencies, uh, web design, SEO companies, uh, PPC, video, you know, anything that's related to marketing. But it really fits for any professional service. Um, so if you're, uh, if there's, you know, repeatable things that you sell and there's patterns, um, it typically it ends up being a great fit. We have financial sector, um, business consulting, uh, other ones that lend itself well. I love it. So go in, and I'm assuming too that the the salespeople are part of this process to be able to educate them on how the system works and. Um, 
obviously they're the ones that usually do the proposals. However, it's usually also that there's got to be this conversation with fulfillment. There's got to be this conversation with marketing as to what, you know, what's on the table, what's going down. Like I see this as a fundamental tool to be able to bring a business together to start having strong strategic conversations about what was working, what's not working. Why do we offer this thing? It's pain in our butt to fulfill. Yeah, but everybody wants it. Like all of those conversations can be brought to the table with this. Yeah. And that's one of the unexpected surprises, the unexpected benefits that you get from this. When, when you create a catalog, it's forcing you to think through what do we sell? Like, what do we enjoy? Why do we keep selling this line item, this particular service when we're not making any money? Let's cut that off, right? It's also a lot harder to get people on the same page if you don't have a repository. You know, if I, how can my project manager understand what we're selling if I don't have it written down somewhere? How, how can my sales guy know to add this line item if it's not defined anywhere in a system? I love it. So say the proposal's gone through, they bought, this is all great. Well, let's start with, if it's not all great, how does somebody kind of, what's the best way to follow up with somebody to, um, to be able to bring back kind of these items? Like, because I'm assuming that with this kind of documentation, it makes it easier for the sales guys to go back. Yeah. But, well, this might be a good opportunity, Michelle, to talk about the proposal review meeting. Yeah. Um, can I go there? Yeah, absolutely. Let's hit that first. So um, the proposal review meeting is a tactic that we started doing at my old agency. I learned it from uh, some some guru coach guy. And um, here, how it basically works, and this this can the idea here is cut down on back and forth, increase your close uh, percentage, uh, decrease your close cycle. Is let's say I uh, Michelle, you reach out and you say, Joe, I'd I'd like a, this marketing service. Well, I'd have a thirty minute sales discovery call or something like that with you. And at the end of the meeting, I say, Well, Michelle, thanks so much for downloading all that information. The next step in our process is I'd like to schedule a proposal review meeting. I don't ask you if you want to do one. I say it's part of the process, which makes it feel concrete, <laughs> right? Um, and then I do fam bam. Uh, so from a meeting, book a meeting. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up my Calendly right on that sales discovery call, and I'm going to book the next meeting. Way easier to get a meeting on the actual meeting, right? Nice. Um, and the point of the meeting is to be able to you know, I don't want to just give you a proposal. I want the opportunity to sell you on the proposal. The last thing I want my prospects doing is answering a bunch of questions all by themselves that they can't answer. Um, and so you use that meeting to overcome objections, um, dial down the price, um, pitch potentially some upsells, um, and really just kill so much of the back and forth that drives business owners and salespeople nuts. Nice. I love it. Well, and I love that the lingo for that and for a few reasons. One is most people don't have a buying process that they're aware of. It's just, I'll take the information, I'll go and think about it. The worst thing I've ever seen done is you know, somebody emailing the proposal to somebody else so that they can review it by themselves and either say yes or no. And, and usually uh, in my experience, that 80% and or more ends up in being ghosted and they wonder why. Right. Like it's, there's such a huge amount of frustration for salespeople when they don't have the ability to be able to just book those next meetings. And it's not that their proposal, well, I want to say proposal dependent, but it's, 
um, you're going to have to come up with what you're delivering, <laughs> what your services are anyway. So right. this just allows for that meeting to take place and transpire. And it becomes two-way conversation. I love it. Yeah. It also shows their cars, Michelle, because if they're not willing to give you another 20 minutes, one of the questions you have to ask is how serious are you about me? Or do you just need 10 proposals to check a box? No, thank you. <laughs> right. And my nephew's going to do the work anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to do this to get the funding. <laughs> exactly. And, and there's nothing worse than that. I love it. So when they're, when people are looking at this, are there kind of some kind of hints and tricks to be able to get people to go through that process a little more effectively than kind of the onesie twosie. I mean, what you've given us already is gold. And then where did they take it from there? Well, are you talking from the pro the prospect or the salesperson? Well, let's go with the salesperson booking those appointments. So they go from the discovery call into our next step is the, pro the proposal section. Right. They go through that meeting with them. And are there kind of tips and tricks that you have to be able to kind of close right there and shorten yeah. that sales cycle or? For, for sure, for sure. I think, you know, the one category is just the questions that you ask. So I always like asking questions like who is, you know, who's the decision maker? Maybe mm -hmm. you don't say it quite like that, but you're trying to figure out who's the decision maker. Um, what uh, What's pushing the, the deadline or what's pushing the project, like trying to get some of those details. Um, I like to ask what would happen if this project didn't happen? Um, you want to, you've got a lot of different leads. And so you're trying to figure out how motivated is this prospect? How important is this project to their, their business? Um, and then a, a really big one I like asking is just what's your decision-making process like, right? I mean, so many times as salespeople, we don't have the information we need because we just simply didn't ask. Uh, but I found that prospects will volunteer this very freely many times. Um, and so you're trying to sketch out, you're trying to get information as much as you can reasonably so that you can sketch out a follow-up strategy and understand what it looks like on their side in making a decision. Nice. I love it. So when it comes to somebody working with you, what does that process usually look like? So when you're the, <laughs> when you're the salesperson, what does that process look like and how they kind of help people figure out what this looks like? Will it work for them? All those kind of questions. Yeah, smartpricingtable.com is our website, and uh, we give free demos. Uh, I'd say that's the big um, kind of aha moment where um, we can walk you through the software and even talk about some of your specific use cases. Maybe you're, this seems really interesting, but you're curious, would it work for my business? Uh, schedule a demo because we'll, we'll answer some of those questions and really get into the specifics. Um, and then uh, for, for prospects, my prospects in this case, that... Um, are interested in using smart pricing table. Um, we, uh, I kind of have a, I have an agency background. And so we're kind of agency slash SaaS in a way. Um, we like to give, uh, we like to do free um, kickoff calls where we'll give you best practices, um, help you think through, um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll do a, a line item or two together. Um, when you start seeing your services clearly written out with upsells, it's really exciting. Right. That sounds awesome. Well, and I'm I'm loving it more and more because a lot of times I also see salespeople will go and have a meeting and then they run away and then they go and do a proposal and then they come back. And that sounds very efficient. 
other than they have 20,000 things between the time that they met somebody and the time that they do the proposal. So they've forgotten, they've dropped it, their head's not in it, <laughs> all right. that kind of fun stuff. The idea of being able to do this so quickly and so effectively that you're with your clients doing it, like there must be a lot of aha or just like eye-opening, jaw-dropping moments for the prospects to go, yeah, that's exactly what I want. Like they can see it right there. there there's no kind of... Oh yeah, they're going to bring back a mysterious proposal for me and it's going to be way inflated on my budget and I'm not going to be able to afford it. All the things that people worry about when they're meeting with a salesperson. Yeah, and and when you go into details, you spell out here's what we're going to do. Here are the prices, here are the the options and you you let them have some level of control. You know, maybe 80% of the proposals fixed, but you give them some level of control. It's and it's incredible how much trust can be built. Right. Um, when when someone sees um, uh, so, uh, some option on a proposal, it's all the difference of who clicks it. Okay. If I click it as a salesperson, I'm selling. If they click it, you know, maybe there's some FOMO going on. They're like, "Oh, we really need that. Let's let's figure it out. Let's turn it on." Um, if they click it, then they own it. Right. And that is just huge. Is 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 with securing additional budget their ownership really takes it to the next level. Well, and, and there's there's this definitive action there of, okay, that's not in my budget. What do I want to take out? And I know I'm taking something out of my budget that's costing me. This is not just kind of, you know, airy-fairy or hither-tither based on what the salesperson decides is, you know, I'm going to be nice to you and give you a discount or otherwise it's like, this costs you money. <laughs> right. This, going to cost and if you don't want it that's fine but you're not going to get it then yeah and and it's so much like i hated giving discounts it's so much easier like if you have a if you're sending over a fixed proposal you're almost putting yourself in a corner to give a discount if they if the price is just a little bit too high if you've got options they can deselect and maybe the price goes down a little bit more than you thought but i like to say i'd rather have a hundred percent of a 20k budget than zero percent a 25 Right. <laughs> so. That is a good line. I love it. So let's go over this again, because I know our audience is going to want more from you. How do they start? How do they get that demo? How do they start with you? Yeah, well, if you want to see some sample proposals, just head over to Smart Pricing Table. We have a sample proposals link right on there. And as I mentioned, we have a demo. It's all free. If tire kicking is totally fine. Um, and we also have a free guide called the Profitable Proposal Blueprint. It builds on some of the things I've talked about with you today, Michelle. And um, uh, again, that's free as well. Um, and then I'm pretty big on LinkedIn too. Uh, you can search for Joe RD, sir. I'm sure that'll probably be in the show notes. We will, of course, have all of Joe's links in the show notes. So go ahead and click over on those, open them up in a new browser because we're not done yet. Because um, this to me looks fascinating and God, I wish you were around about six months ago. Um, so I get to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? At a very young age. I actually started my first business when I was 17. Um, maybe maybe it, it hit me when I started uh, putting together Halloween candies in a factory-like fashion for my grandma. <laughs> uh, some of those initial passions were born. 
That sounds awesome. I love it. So after Halloween was over, you were still selling the candy off the assembly line? Well, what it, what it was is my grandma wanted to create these little baggies. Yep. And I love timing everything, processitizing the heck out of things. <laughs> That's why I made this thing. Um, um, and so it was like, you know, these three candies go in a bag, cut the strings, right? Cut the strings 10 at a time, maybe 20 at a time and optimize the heck out of it. You know, those were, those were the beginning days. Uh, oh my God, that's so cute. Around. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all very glad that you took your innate abilities and turned it into a business because this looks phenomenal. I love it. Any last words for our peeps? Uh, the, the last thing I would say, Michelle, is uh, at the end of the day, a proposal is a plan. People don't think of it that way, but it's a plan. And if you're planning out projects, you're pitching a project plan, it make, makes all the difference. And good plans can result in great companies and happy employees. And so I just want to underestimate the value of thinking through this. Nice. I love it. I did not ask you yet. Do you have an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients? Um. <laughs> I, I have one of one of my customers, actually this happened a few times where they just said, I, I've i been looking for this for eight years. Um, it's this is it's the kind of product that for certain people, they see it and they're like, oh my goodness, I've been, you know, I've been on the hunt for this, um, but I didn't know that this particular setup uh, was out there. Um, and I think it's it's just like uh, another another customer once told me, he said, he said, it's almost like a game you know, creating the line items helps me understand my product better. Upsells and other offerings start to jump out of the woodwork. And all of a sudden we're creating proposals that are solid in a matter of 10, 15, 20 minutes. Nice. I love it. I hope you've got a hold of Alex and Mosey because this fits in so perfectly with everything that he teaches. Ryan LeVac, like I could go on and on about all the digital marketers out there that are guys saying, this is what you have to do. But entrepreneurs just don't tend to think this way. We don't tend to systemize things. We go, right. <laughs> we expect our clients to be able to make sense of it all. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. I can't wait to either connect you with some people and, and, and get you in those right connections. But peeps, if you're listening to this, you got to go check this out. Cause it's just, this will save your life, especially if you're in a digital marketing company and I know they're exploding right now. So Awesome. I love it. You have been absolutely awesome. And uh, thank you for showing up for the show. I appreciate it immensely. And I know how valuable your time is. Thanks for having me, Michelle. It's been fun. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures, but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.